0: Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3 cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and a returning from the grave. Zach, we are here. Oh, that's
1: right. I was in the grave last week, wasn't I?
0: You were, yeah. You were You were visiting your homies on the other side.
1: Yeah.
0: You're back now. I am and back. And we're back to talk about a couple of books, starting with Green Lantern War Journal, number one. This is written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, illustrated by Montos. This is the same team that did the, um, the backups in the first three issues of Green Lantern, the uh Hal Jordan book. This is a Jon Stewart book. And my first comment on this is going to be about how even though this book is called War Journal, this is one of the least like <laughs> military-based John Stewart stories we've had in years. Uh at least so
1: far, yeah. <laughs> so far,
0: yeah. But like didn't Zach, didn't you expect it to be much more militaristic just from the title of it
1: well maybe from the title but like from the backup lead-in series of this i i didn't really expect that um mm-hmm. because i i really just expected it to be more of that and and that's exactly what it was
0: <laughs> yeah uh refresh the listener's memory did you enjoy that backup
1: um yeah most on the i would say mostly um i was intrigued by it at least
0: I'll say I was probably in that same camp I, I know Vince was not as much of a fan of that backup right mm-hmm. Vince Mm-mm. Okay. yeah
2: it's so much so that I didn't read this so
0: I was trying to uh I wasn't gonna out you for that you can out yourself for that um <laughs> I just did I know but I, I I wasn't gonna say that um but so yeah so Zach what, what did you think of this first issue
1: um I would have thought it was a pretty good opening issue if it really didn't just kind of like reiterate everything from the backup. It really didn't do anything new.
0: Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I guess the one thing it did was it sort of clarified the position that The quote Green Lantern Corps, the organization that is that is calling itself the Green Lantern Corps, the one that's run by the United Planets, it sort of clarified their position on things a little bit. In terms of, yeah, but I
1: think that we've even had some of that in the main Green Lantern
0: book. We have had a little bit of it, but you know, I'm I'm trying trying to find something that wasn't in the background. That's true. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, but aside from that, I mean, yeah. What it does nicely, but again, the backup also did this, is it's it gives a nice um, a nice vision of who Jon Stewart is as a person, not just as a Green Lantern, like the way that he takes care of his mother. And I mean, you know, there, there there's some pretty sad stuff in the scenes with his mother. Mm-hmm. And but, you know, it, it's touching and it's it, it, it it's well it's it's well constructed. Um I, what, what what I'm curious about is sort of where this sits in continuity with the Jeffrey Thorne series, because it certainly seems like the power up he got in the Jeffrey Thorne series is still present here. But I don't really remember how that would fit in to anything else, and I I don't want to get hung up on this. This isn't like a, uh, you know, itchy, struck, scratchy, ribbed twice and produced two different notes conversation (laughs) i just don't know how much we're supposed to be counting that not count you you understand taking that series into account well
1: you know i talked at length at the end of that book about how i was excited for like the status quo that it set up and seeing that like followed up on but since then and kind of like we all i think you, you i think brian you rightfully called and i Hoped against hope, but um they've kind of fully disregarded that in favor of this like post-United Planet status quo thing. Um and so I don't really know that like other than like yeah John being in a place where he like doesn't need the ring, which also, if I'm not mistaken, is also kind of where Hal is too. Like, didn't he make his own ring again? Basically, he did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they're they're both just like, they're both in a pretty similar place, and and like, both of those things had been established in previous runs, uh, like Hal in the Venditti run, and and then John in the Jeffrey Thorne run. So, um, yeah, I think that's like pretty much the only continuity right now. And if we get if we get more, it'll just you know it'll be nice. But I, yeah, I wouldn't I'm hold your breath waiting it. for that. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, What do you think of the art in this?
1: Um, I think I liked it. It's not like the kind of art I would traditionally like or think very highly of, I don't think. But I, I like it here for some reason.
0: It, it, it's almost like you're reading off my notes. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had said like this art is decidedly not what I come to comics for, but I think it fits this particular story pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that it does a good job of. So one of the things that happened in the backup is you weren't sure at certain points if this was like really happening or if it was a dream or a hallucination. I th- th- there was some question as to sort of what was what was real and what wasn't. I am thinking of that correctly, right? That I'm not just yeah. thinking about that, that because there, there was also the dark crisis stuff where he, he had his well, own planet and that was kind of different. It seemed too.
1: like I thought, like in the backup, my impression was that like it was taking place in the dark crisis world, right? And and maybe it's still kind of in some way is, but this clarifies it a bit more that it's just that it is just like another world in the multiverse or another, you know, another, another universe,
0: right. yeah. Um, but so like, I think that the art does a nice job of feeling at times familiar, but always having a certain distance to it that makes it feel almost uncanny. You know, mm-hmm. it, it looks like our world, but it doesn't feel like our world, sort of. And so I think the art does a really nice job in that regard, even if it's not particularly my jam in terms of the style of the art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't have a ton to say about this. Uh, I I still think that it's a wasted opportunity to do a Green Lantern book about Hal and John and not have a a Green Lantern core book, mm, core yeah. group, something like that. I I, still, I would rather have a a big group of Green Lanterns book than have two individual Green Lanterns. Same.
1: Books. And I'm I'm hoping like eventually we do get to that. But yeah, it very much feels like it especially feels like a waste to me to be doing a Hal and John both on earth book when there's clearly like this, whatever is going on with the green lanterns in space right now with the United planet stuff that like, show me, show me that, like show me what the core is doing right now and and what that looks like. And like what some of the other characters that we know, how they're responding to that. Yeah. Like what, and like, what is Kyle doing right now? What is he, you know? Yeah um or any of the other green lanterns really um we do right, see like, guy in this for a minute um but yeah i don't know i just feel like there's a lot of untapped potential here and this just obviously if i like could choose between the two i'd rather have the john book than the hal book but have yeah having having both feels ha- excessive
0: book, the hal book feels more Feels more like a Green Lantern title than this does. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, yeah, there, there was one thing in here, and you know, I, I, I don't want to get uh, all Richard Dreyfus up in here and and talk about how people should only be writing characters in their like n- natural, like like white folks should only write white characters, etc. I'm not saying anything. I'm not accusing anybody of anything like that. But I I feel like Philip Kennedy Johnson does a, one thing in this issue where the that Green Lantern that comes to interrogate John puts him in chains, uh, uh. and like nothing that is nothing the character says is wrong or is bad or is misguided. It just felt strange with a white writer writing that dialogue. Yes, yeah. no,
1: I, yeah, I guess so. Like I think. I definitely think that's like a more um, uh, modern sentiment because like, clearly we had like decades of that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Like I haven't even read very much of it, but I assume that like every steel like thing ever was that like in the Mm -hmm. nineties or like anything with any, you know, major prominent black character. Yeah. but yeah, definitely, definitely like today, where people are clearly more conscious about that. I think it's it's like more of a uh, visible conundrum, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it just it just felt a little bit off tonally. I don't know how else to mm-hmm. describe it, but it's it's not offensive. Like I said, I don't, I, and 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 again, like the the message there is a good one. It just it, the tone was off for me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's go to a book that Vince read. Let's talk about Superman number six, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Big Gleb, Gleb Melnikov. Vince, you start us off with this one since you didn't talk last time. Uh
2: I like this well enough, but um it's it's kind of small potatoes, you know, like um this is definitely not the next big Superman event. You know, this feels like a <clears throat> kind of a, just a stepping stone along the way with, of whatever Joshua Williamson is doing. Um, there's a new villain introduced that I don't think is. I mean, certainly that's not earth shattering.
0: It's no. a, he's sort of the nuclear man from Superman for
2: g- sort of the nuclear man come combined with doc. Ock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In
2: a weird, in a weird way.
0: Kind of looks um, like the, the love child of H. John Benjamin and Nicolas Cage somehow.
1: Yes. The design you know what I thought he looked like? What's that? Go for it. Lightly. Go what were you gonna say, Vince?
2: I was just gonna say the design is kind of fascinating because when he's first introduced, um, he's kind of shrouded in shadow as they like remove the the metal and the chains from around him. Mm-hmm. And he looks like a vertigo character almost with like wild, wacky hair. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Zach, what were you going to say? You probably have a better comment than that.
1: So I was kind of primed maybe just because of the, the Lutherness of it all. I thought he looked like Lionel Luther from Smallville.
2: Oh, oh that's sh- interesting. You know, that could be. I mean, it would not surprise me.
0: Uh, see, I, it's while we're talking about who we thought it was, we're jumping right to the, right to the end of the issue here. Yeah. Well, uh, that's the most, I mean, yeah, that's the thing to talk about. You're right. Yeah. Um, but when they just, they just kind of revealed his eyes at first, I thought it was going to be, uh, earth three hero Luthor, mm. which we all would have hooted and hollered about because yeah, we all enjoy Alexander Luthor.
2: Well, and I think these—I think these are all possible I mean, there is a possibility that this is a this is a Luthor. You know, mm-hmm. he's redheaded. Like that's a key component of of a Luthor that has hair. You know, it's true. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and there's you know obviously like any character who's who would be locked away by Lex Luthor would disdain Luthor. But there's something about the way that he reacts to luther's name that like makes you think that there's maybe something even deeper there i mean it's certainly possible that it's either of those you know or a different or a different luther or not a luther at all but i, I think you know that's a i think that's the the path to go down if you're speculating you know yeah especially with the way that williamson kicked off this series playing up like luther's secret history of heroism right uh-huh. uh well i mean w- one possibility you know superman's trying to solve this mystery right about like why there would be a cover up of lex luthor's good deeds in the past right mm-hmm. well maybe it was never lex luthor's good deeds to begin with it was this it was luthor's brother or or uh you know multiversal counterpart or whatever and lex wants that buried
0: because that uh reflects poorly on him right so it seemed to me like the implication was that lex created this person did you well, have I got that the similar vibe that he, gave,
1: he gave him powers maybe right. like that yes, was the impression
0: yes, i yeah, got, yeah 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 which is why i made the nuclear man connection cuz that's lex luthor takes a lock of superman's hair and creates the nuclear man out of it.
2: What a great form. movie.
0: Yep. John Cryer as <laughs> uh Luther's nephew.
2: Oh God. Did
0: you forget about that? <laughs> I
2: did. And I just watched that movie on Cartoon Network like two months
0: ago. <laughs> okay. The, yeah. That's the, the the second movie I remember seeing in the movie theater.
2: Yeah. It's. Yeah. And you were a lover of cinema ever since. I, yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Um...
2: <laughs> yeah. uh. uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much more to say about this myself, other than I always like Gleb's art. Um, I think Gleb, particularly with action scenes, com- comports himself quite well. Um, his characters are always very expressive and animated, and and he he does great with the fight scene. I think, you know, I don't know that I love this villain in concept. It, it, it just seems a little... I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. It could be interesting, but but the the reveal was not as exciting or as monumental at least in this issue as I was hoping it would be. Um but I do like Gleb uh giving the character such a weird design and making him kind of float away through Metropolis with this like with the uncanny like Chain tentacles attached to his back. Uh, That's it's a stark image uh, that I quite like. Even if I think the issue is just kind of okay.
0: Well, you know, you're talking about the sort of underwhelming nature of who the villain is. When the villain is shrouded in so much secrecy, our like lizard brains kick in that we don't that we know who this is. This is somebody we know is going to be a big surprise. And then when it's not somebody we recognize, it it sort of can't help but feel like a letdown in that moment.
1: Mm -hmm. And it, it kind of does. I know like one of you like said that this isn't like the next Vince, I think it was who said this doesn't, this doesn't feel like the next big Superman event or whatever, but like, it does seem like Williamson is counting this up quite a bit. And this is like the lead up to um, a milestone issue with 850. So it it may end up being a bigger deal, or at least Williamson wants it to be a bigger deal than it is, you know, I don't know.
2: No, oh, you're absolutely right. I, I just think it, I think at this point, it just doesn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that could certainly change with the next issue. Um, I think for my money, and again, I'm not a writer. Williamson has more writing talent in his pinky than I do, you know, but I feel like if this is going to be a Luthor, you just do that reveal with the reveal of the character in Luthor's right, right. captivity, you know, <laughs> yeah. like just, just do that and make that the lead into the next issue. And, and that's the big shocker, but that's not really, I mean, <laughs> Dan Jurgens at DC kind of perfected the thing where you do like the shocking ending and then you repeat the shocking ending the next month. Right. And that is how you write decompressed comics. That's how you write for the trade these days. Um. And it's unfortunate, but I, so many writers follow that template that I think, unfortunately, this is just the way it's done. Um, but I, As, think, I think I would have been more impacted by it if not only did we get the reveal of him visually, but also who he is all at once. It's, right. it, it's kind of underwhelming in the meantime.
0: <laughs> yeah. Although I was going to say, with Zach talking about um, how this is leading up to a milestone issue. I have no evidence to back this up, but I feel like if you go back and you look at every milestone issue from the past 15 years at DC, almost everyone has a new villain. That's going to be the, that's going to be the, the, like the, uh, the new addition to the rogues gallery, the villain you'll be talking about for years. And then you never see that villain again. I feel like that yeah. is a very classic anniversary issue to, uh, trope at this point
1: yeah the only one that i can like i mean i'm sure there's like definitely more than one but the one that always stands out to me is the uh manchester black and what uh what's so funny about truth justice uh uh-huh, yeah isn't that, what, isn't that what the issue's called something like that possibly know, like, whatever happened to truth uh-huh. justice and i don't know whatever it is the joe kelly thing with uh uh-huh. i think it's yeah. action 750 maybe um mm-hmm. <clears throat> But yeah, no, generally, no. Yeah, I think about that. I think about. I think it was action. uh, There was there was an action and like milestone issue that had a Damon Lindelof story in it. I think. Yes. About that. Oh man. (laughs) That was
0: action nine hundred, I believe. I
1: think you're right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, you guys.
0: Hey. He, he he's he and you are uh, you, you guys are are simpatico with Rodgers. I Aaron have Rogers. nothing
2: in common with that man.
0: No, you 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 you're both you're 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 whatever the opposite of an Eskimo brother is for Aaron Rodgers. You oh. both don't want anything to do with him.
1: Your shirt brothers, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shirt brother. I get that reference now. I need so, your yeah. help, shirt brother. Yeah. Wait, you've seen season three?
0: I've seen that one sketch from season three. I was at my friend's house and he was watching it as I was like waiting for him to get ready to go out. So,
1: okay, I was gonna say, Did you break your bed?
0: No, I didn't break my bed. I just saw the one. I wasn't gonna be like, Can you turn this off? I'm doing a bit. (laughs) (laughs) I had to uh, just be a good house guest and, uh, (laughs) you know, wait around. So,
1: that feels like an I think you should leave sketch.
0: It does, yeah.
1: (laughs) Turn this off. I'm doing a bit. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs)
0: that's true. That's true. He he would have appreciated. If any of my friends would have appreciated the bit, it would have been him too. So, um, yeah. Uh, I did want to talk about Gleb's illustration of Superman, the character itself. I feel like this is the most like he draws the beefiest Superman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's it's like uh almost like a manga character in Gleb's hands, which is which is true of a lot of a lot of Gleb's work is manga inspired. But he feels like the like the big burly Superman that uh, almost like a golden age character like visualization of Superman. And yeah, uh, I love it
2: there. You know, there's times where there's times where I think Gleb, he was close to how like Capullo drew Superman. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but there's other times where I look at him and I think that's a Howard Shaken character. <laughs>
0: I could see that. Oh, I yeah, can see that for sure. Too, yeah, his eyes are chakiny at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's a it's a good mix. And like you bringing up Capullo, it also you know we always talked about how Bogdanovic kind of used yes. the mm-hmm. the Capullo style as well. And and this this all kind of feels part and parcel with that. But I I even like this a little bit better. I think like uh, I would I would love to see Gleb stay on S- Superman. This also kind of the beefiness kind of reminds me of like the ed mcginnis superman
2: days which are like kind of
1: like it's like a peak superman like art style for me um so yeah just the the melding of all of that i i think it would be a great like visual um like foundation for superman in this era so like yeah please i would love to see more glove nothing against um Who's the other artist? Uh, is it Jamal Campbell? Jamal
0: Campbell, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Nothing against Campbell. I actually, I really like his Superman too. Um, I just this this is like more in the style of like a Superman that I would want to see on him on a monthly basis.
0: Sure. Yeah, I mean, it. We it's an embarrassment of riches to have both those artists on this book. Yeah. So.
1: And obviously, too, with the more. Um, uh, Nick Tragoda we can get to. That's also yes. that would be great. For for that to happen a little bit more often.
0: Yeah. It's true.
1: Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We're the hosts of Make Mind Multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jamin.
2: And I'm Elias. Make Mind Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men. Sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and
1: present. And sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion.
2: Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior
0: indeed. Well, that brings us to our final book of the week, which is Wonder Woman number one, written by your friend and mine, Tom King, illustrated by Daniel Sampier. Zach, you were really high on this going into it. So I want to start with you. What would you think of this?
1: I think I really like
0: this.
1: (laughs) And I don't think that it is, like, without sin. I actually think, like, in some ways it's super dumb. In a lot of ways I think it's really dumb. But I also... agree on that. Just, I just love how much King King. is going for it even if it is dumb and I liked the tone of it I I like the audacity of it it is like the most urgent and like relevant that a Wonder Woman book has felt in like i don't at least definitely at least since like Rucka was on the book at the beginning of Rebirth you know um and definitely and probably even more like probably really since the Azarella run for me so like yeah i'm i'm all in <laughs> um yeah even though this issue didn't have anything to do with like the trinity stuff you know which i i figured it wouldn't but i I'm I'm gonna follow this. I yeah, I'm I'm in.
0: Tell us why you liked it. I all the reasons I just said. You didn't really say anything. Yes, I did. did. Said I said I liked. it. I
1: literally did. You said it was I audacious. I liked the audacity. I liked the yes. tone. I liked the way it was paced. I liked the way Diana was presented.
0: Okay, um, all right.
1: All right. I, I like the status quo. Okay. Even though I think it is like very heavy-handed and like kind of dumb and over the top. I, I think it's like very ham fisted. But I also feel like it's coming even even though it is like kind of questionable. I I feel like King is coming from like a good place. It feels well intentioned and not like <sighs> I don't know. I'm very intrigued by it and I want to see where it goes. It is like the Tom King thing about like the reason I always say that I like the the, especially like his ongoing stuff. I don't really care. This doesn't really happen with his like Maxi series Eisner bait stuff because that's just going to be like. It's going to be just like him, like sniffing his own farts slash jacking off for 12 issues, you know, but like when he's doing like an ongoing thing.
0: He could jack off for 24 issues, but it's, but
1: it's, but it's like, it's more of like a, even if it's a train wreck, it's an interesting train wreck. And I want to see exactly how he wrecks the train. which that's what his batman run was but like by the end like the post like the the wedding issue in batman like it was beyond the pale like it was it it I lost interest in it 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 fully like jumped the shark and there was no redeeming qualities um i don't know how long it would take to get to that point in this but i already think that this is like a better start than his batman run was Yeah, I don't know. I just I I thought it was really intriguing. I I can't say that it was (sighs) calling it well written is maybe like ah, it's it's hard because I think at its core, like the core concept of this rogue Amazon killing a bunch of dudes and like the political drama surrounding it is like very overwrought and overly sympathized, simplified. And also, just kind of dumb, but also it like rings true to how dumb politics and like the news cycle in the real world are. Like this would happen, you know, and it would <laughs> it would be dumb in real life too. Um, <laughs> it it would be mind-numbingly stupid. Um, and like the the main villain character, Star, Sarge Steele, the main antagonist, is like such a like shit shit bad like he he is like the bad guys in the invisibles you know that we're talking about right now patreon dc3casts patreon.com whatever um (laughs) it's just like that um and i and i still like it i like it for the same reasons i like it in the invisibles and like i love the way that like diana is this like her her like lack of presence casts a shadow over the whole issue until she shows up. And then that like climax of the like fight with her against all those like government black ops guys. That's like, it's like really, I thought that was like really well done. And the like final reveal with the, the sovereign and the, the um, lasso of lies. Like that's, that's such dumb comic book shit, but I, I love it um so this is what i was talking talk about I... it i actually am getting more excited about it
0: this is what i was asking you for like okay. i i wanted you to get into the weeds with this
1: okay well i was gonna wait to like get into the details of the story until you guys had talked about it but you you coaxed it out of me
2: just do what i do which is verbal diarrhea as
0: soon as you're asked for an opinion <laughs> that's what we want uh, from you well so the reason i wanted to start with you is because i have look i i we all I, I think it's fair for all of us that all of us are um what's the word we're look for here um cautious when it comes to talking about King's work because I think it's very easy for for me and maybe for you guys to just like dismiss what he does outright because so much of it is just not for me right it's it's for whatever reason it's just not not engineered for for my tastes. But I think that in this issue, if one thing happened structurally, it would have been a 10 times more effective comic for me. And that's there is this narration box that happens in that's it's a blue narr- blue box with white dialogue. If you took all of that out. This is a good issue. All of that stuff drags it down so much. It adds almost nothing to the story. You get a little bit of context from it, but no context that you wouldn't be able to have gleaned from the other stuff that you're reading. It's it just really. To me, that is where King is smelling his own farts. It's in that narration box. And so as I was reading this, I would get invested in what's happening in the panels and I would sort of perk up about it. And then a second later, I'm reminded that no, I have to read this, this really, really overwrought think it's so clever dialogue in the in the in the narration boxes. And I totally lost interest in the book at that point. So that that's my big takeaway from it, is just that I think that this could have been something much better if King didn't just saturate the page with so many words. Cuz I think you're right Zach. I think that Diana's lack of showing up in the for the first, you know, 20 pages whatever it is, I think all that is is very effective. I think the way that that scene goes down with her and Sergeant Steele, that's I think that works well. But during that scene, and, and let's just use that scene as an example here. During that scene, the dialogue, the, the narration boxes are so fucking bad. We so she she's fighting. And, and the Daenerys box supposed to be talking about how good of a fighter she is. And it says we enjoy how she fights. It is rather just from our distinguished colleagues, isn't it? Batman and his gadgets, Superman and his strength, the flash his speed, Green Lantern his ring, Aquaman, his fish. Fuck you. This is just bad, bad writing. And to me, that takes away from so much of that scene. And it, it undercuts the very good Daniel Sampier art. It undercuts the the interesting idea of the government trying to assassinate Wonder Woman, which is a very CIA idea for a ex CIA writer to be uh, introducing into this book. Like all that stuff I think works on some level, but the 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 narration just totally took me out of the book the whole time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought I did have just have now though the the way you were reading that it it really does kind of sound like how Trump might narrate. A Absolutely, Wonder Woman. The Flash
0: his speed, Green Lantern his ring, Aquaman his fish, <laughs> fish delight, huh? my favorite McDonald's food, <laughs> Canary her voice. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Vince, talk to us. Zach is spitting today. Um, he
2: took every pretty much every word out of my Uh, mouth, honestly. No, really, really like every little note I had. I was waiting for him to not say something that's in my notes so that I could say it. Um, and he really, he really, um, snatched my wig tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Brian, for before I get to that, I will agree with you that um, I, the narration is the weakest part of all of this. And I think it's it's every everything you said about it is true, but I want to look at it from a more global perspective. This is a thing that so many modern writers do. Now yes, it's n- yes. not just a Tom King thing, it's a Rom V thing. It's a all of these writers who are particularly wordy. They do this thing where I- I'm not going to say that the narration is wholly unnecessary, but they do this thing where, okay, l- let me go back. Back in like the golden age, silver age, even into the bronze age, narration existed to just tell you what was in the panel,
0: right? Yes. It, or, and that or, or to provide you with context. That you wouldn't have if you were a first-time reader, you know. Uh, yes, that is true, Robin. I adopted Robin after his parents were killed, right? Like, this, he, like stuff like that.
2: Right, right, and it was way overdone, and that sucks too. Right, like, yes, yes. like as as much as there are things that I love about going back and reading Golden Age, Silver Age stuff, how wacky they are. A lot of the art is very good. the the birth, seeing the births of these concepts are is very interesting. It is a chore to read those comics textually because of the over-reliance on narration modern comics writers when they choose to use narration in this way instead of telling you what's in the panel which sucks when you do that they they have another conversation going on that's layered over everything Mm -hmm. it is secondary to what's in the art sometimes it may comment on the art how, but for the most part it is a through line through the comic and then all too often it's revealed at the end of the comic who is actually talking or maybe halfway yes. through or something and i it gives the comic an illusion of complexity that you may call me a dumbass because i don't like this um to me it it's it doesn't serve the story that I'm looking at, like to me, comics are so enjoyable because the words that you read, the best comics only have the words that are most necessary on the page, whether it's dialogue or narration or what. And the art does like 75% of the work or whatever. Mm-hmm. These modern writers that, that do this kind of simultaneous narration that kind of is supposed to lead you to a revelation at the end that then almost makes you need to go back and read it again from the beginning now that you have context. There may be some clever things that they can do with that, but the over-reliance on that in the 2010s and 2020s uh, has been egregious. And to to me, it's not uh, making the most uh, economical use of the comic book medium. It's a, a writer who wants to write imposing something on the comic that that makes it busier than it has to be.
0: Well, so and, I, I agree with everything you, you're you saying. Totally. My my comment on that is that I think the other thing it does is it shows the lack of confidence these writers have in their own abilities. Yeah, maybe because yeah. they don't think that they're getting enough across in the dialogue and through the art, and so they feel like they have to add this extra layer, so that people get what they're trying to say. But I think that's silly. I think they should just trust their writing because, for the most part, they don't need it.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's 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 for for me, and I guess maybe you know maybe uh, maybe I'm a dumbass, but like. <sighs> If I don't know that this is the sovereign or whoever narrating, I'm, I'm semi tuning out. Like, I don't know why this person is saying what they're saying. Um, Maybe, maybe some of it gives me additional context to what's going on, but, but really this is a um, thesis statement from this character's point of view, but we don't know anything about this character yet. And, and then the argument, the argument is, well, you're learning about this character by reading their narration. Not really. You're, you have to go, you have to work backwards to get that. And maybe that's, maybe some people would call that complexity. I call that the illusion of complexity because Mm -hmm. um, it's not that I don't want to go back and read a comic a second time ever. I just don't, I don't, I don't personally like, When I feel like I need to go back right away and read a comic over. You know what I mean? You should make me
0: want to read it. Not that I have to read it.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. When it's, when it's imposed on me in this way, that said, that's about the only thing about this that I didn't like. Um, I agree with everything Zach said about how dumb and overwrought it is, but that the part that really sold it to me was when, so the entire uh, pretense for everything that Sarge Steele is doing in this is um, uh, this murder by this quote-unquote Amazon diplomat that came over and killed these 19 men or whatever. Now, everything that that group does, spearheaded by this military stooge, um, Blackwater guy, you know, uh, everything he does everything that this person encounters is going to be through that lens so even a confrontation with wonder woman everything that she says and does to him or to his men is because they hate men you know yep and it's this black and white thing that we hear all of these fucking republican politicians say all the time in real life it's exactly what zach said that if this happened in real life this is exactly how it would go you know that every time like to 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 bring up a a to bring up a tangential example but like let's let's talk about like trans rights right like or no like let's do let's do abortion every time donald trump brings up abortion he says and they rip the baby out uh uh right right when it's about to be born and then they smother it with a you know he makes it sound like every time it is the most brutal and and that they it, almost make it sound like the doctors enjoy it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right. Every time he brings it up, it's that, you know, and he tells this story with such glee. That's exactly what King is trying to get across here. And I think, you know, we can read that and we can say this sounds ridiculous. This sounds dumb. It also rings true because America is very dumb. Uh, we're a dumb world as well. Like every like modern times are just very dumb in this way. In this battle between right and left or whatever you want to say, you know. It it would happen this exact way. And so I can forgive things even though they're impossibly stupid. Like the the fact that they have um a group called Axe, which is just clearly ice, right? <laughs> yep. Um the 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 fact that this is a a a one-on-one um um uh, mirror of the, uh, Muslim ban, right. From the early, uh, Trump early, uh, stages of Trump's presidency. Right. Mm -hmm. It's, it's exactly that. Um, and it's not shy about being that. And like Zach says, that's audacious. It is also dumb. It is also ham fisted. Um, I don't gotta hand it to the CIA man for, for going there, but I do think, I do think, uh, it is not <laughs> it is not far fetched at all. Yeah. You know? Um, I'll agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, but the Oh, go no, ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, whatever I'll you were wait until you're done. I'll okay. wait until you're done. The the one thing Zach didn't delve as deeply into that I'm I'm sure he maybe agrees with me on because we're agreeing on this comic tonight. Um the thing that this does that I like so much more immediately than the bat run from Tom King and it don't hey all of this is with a big asterisk that says Tom King has plenty of time to fuck this up for me okay. you know but the thing that I didn't like about his Batman and it wasn't immediate but it was it was pretty it was pretty early on I could see where this was going I don't think he writes a well rounded Batman slash Bruce Wayne that I recognize and I've talked about this many times over the years how he writes Bruce as this like absolute joyless psycho, unless he's with Selena like any other time, that's not a Batman I want to read because I like a little bit of a smirk with my Batman. I like, I like some fun. I like a, a little bit of light through the darkness, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why the only parts of that book that I really liked were the parts with him and Selena together. Um I think he gets Wonder Woman very well. I think one of the biggest things about Wonder Woman that they've done over the years to like um I guess make her a cooler character to the general public is to put a sword in her hand all the time. Yep. And make and make her this warrior that's constantly fighting. And the text is very explicit about this. That she doesn't want to fight. She can. She's tough. Right, she's muscular. Right. She's one, She's a great fighter. But every time she fights, it's a bad thing. It's a failure of di- diplomacy. Right? And there are gestures made to that in other Wonder Woman runs. Other recent ones. But ultimately, she gets a sword in her hand. And she's fighting people. And it's immaterial. If King keeps his focus on this character as a diplomat staying a little more true to like the eighties version of the character where like she was hanging around DC a lot, a lot, there were a lot of like politics interwoven into it. Um If it's more of a, a diplomatic bent where she's using her lasso to get the truth out of people, she's showing the, the, the public, how to be a hero um, inspiring people in a way that doesn't always resort to violence. You know, that's going to be the keenest writing of the character since again, probably Rucka or maybe even earlier than that. Um, And I think there's a particular line and I'm struggling to find it, but it's, it's something. Oh, uh, Sergeant Steele says, you don't want this when, when, they start like aiming their rifles and getting ready to getting ready to start a fight. And she says, I never have. And that's like, I do have to give King a little bit of credit. That is a great line for Diana. That's that is the perspective to have with that character. I think, uh, like I said, there's plenty of time for him to mess this up, Mm -hmm. but as far as an issue one goes, how it's presenting Diana as a character, this is exactly how she should be without overplaying the warrior aspect, without making her into something she's not. Um, And so, so I, I,
0: I agree yeah. with all of that. I do. Um, The thing I thought you were going to say, so when I was reading this, I in my notes, I actually wrote Vince is going to talk about how this is doing a lot of the stuff that was done during the George Perez run. <laughs> And like the whole idea of the the Amazon ban, all of that happens in War of the God or around War of the Gods. Sure. And I felt like when Perez was doing it, there was less. It's easy to say, like, less CIA bullshit, right? Um, But just I don't know. it, It felt like it was coming from a place of. Intellectual curiosity versus I don't think. I don't think King's curious about anything. I think King believes that he has the answer to all of this and (laughs) he has to give us the answer. Whereas I feel like with, with, with Perez, there was this sense of, we're going to come to this understanding together of how there can be peace. And King to tell you, no, this is how it works.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Especially you can feel, you can feel the Steve Trevor, um, Writer self insert almost starting to happen. Oh yeah, in this issue, and I'm I'm a little worried about where that's going to go. But but yes, I think your point. You're not far off with your point there.
0: Yeah. So I mean, I, I didn't dislike this. I just I'm also exhausted by this already. <laughs> where I just I know this is going to go on for a long time, and I know we're going to have to put up with this for a while, and. You know, Zach was talking about how, how he he doesn't like King's Maxi series stuff because it's it's Eisner Bant, whatever. I, I, I agree with that. But also, you know exactly how long that's gonna take. This just I, I don't think Tom I don't think Tom King knows how to write an ongoing because he's so con he's so concerned with sounding smart and being self-righteous in the way he writes. And you—that's hard to sustain over an indefinite amount of time. Whereas, when he knows he only has twelve issues to play with, he tends to, I think, hurry it up a little bit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I think you—you—I yeah. don't know if you can take any twelve-issue run from any ongoing he's done and say those twelve issues are better than one of his twelve-issue miniseries.
1: Well, I—I I wouldn't say that. I just—I <clears throat> just don't. I guess, like, with his 12-issue miniseries, though, like, I know exactly what I'm going to get. Yeah. And, and with this, don't I have hear? no idea. No. I mean, I have an idea, but, like, if his Batman run is any indication, then I have no way of predicting what, what's going to
0: happen. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. Okay, I, I see your point there. Um, But, yeah, this is certainly... There is certainly boldness to this. And that's a good thing.
1: The The other thing that I, I wanted to mention earlier too, that like also just like rings true is that it's like implied and I, I've never read this, so I don't know um, what role he played, but it's implied. I, at least the way I read it, I could be reading this wrong that like, another big motive for steel is that he had some kind of like embarrassment or slight during the Amazon's attack thing around countdown. And so like all of this is just like some petty bullshit, (laughs) you know, like he's, (laughs) he's really only doing this because he, he got embarrassed one time, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is also really good.
0: I mean, Sarge steele has been around since the uh, sixties. Mm hmm. Yeah, you know, it's a, he was a Charlton character originally, and uh, he's in the OMAC comic in two, isn't he?
1: Uh, Probably. Isn't he? I don't remember. I yeah, I, I, I believe
0: so. he's like the. Uh, yeah, he he's like he's like the, he's the checkmate like or or Cadmus or whatever like liaison Maybe to so. the I OMAC project.
1: I can't remember. There's no way. There's no way to even <laughs> verify. Really.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, I think you're right.
0: Yeah. Any other notes on this?
1: I was also getting confused because isn't there like a JSA character named Sarge Steel, like no, in the that, John's run?
0: That is either Commander Steel or a Citizen Maybe, Steel. Commander.
1: Who, it might be Commander. Yeah. yeah.
0: I believe actually in John's run, it's Citizen Steel. Is it Citizen? Okay. I believe it is. Yeah, but he's uh, the one
1: who has like the red and blue, like yes, his body's all encased in yes. armor. Who, who,
0: who Tom King killed in Heroes and Crisis? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And then it's who gone. resurrected him? What, what book was that that resurrected him? Flash. Yeah. Flash. Flash. Adams. yeah. All, the, all those guys come back. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Or retconned, though, in that they never actually died.
0: <laughs> right. They were just like shuffled off to a, another world or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, also, one last point. I guess like now we know that that like mysterious character that Trinity was talking to and, and, uh, 800 that that had to be the sovereign right
0: yeah yeah but we don't know who that is yet but so. we don't know
1: who the sovereign Well,
0: that that was one other note I wanted to make about the, uh, the, the structure of this much like we were talking about in Superman how there is this perceived expectation that you're going to know who the character is when he opens the vault there's sort of the expectation you're going to know who this character is when you actually see him and then you don't
1: well, I, I assume, though, that The Sovereign is just, like, a new character. I don't think it's somebody who's, right. like...
0: No, I I, yeah, I I, agree, but I just think yeah. that the way... I think whenever you structure something like that, it makes it no hard. It, it, make, it makes it hard to not feel like it's a letdown.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but especially because it's, like, uh, I don't know, in, like, a Wonder Woman comic, the way that that was, like, presented you're like oh it's aries or something you know like you're right, you're right. you're, exactly, you're like kind yeah. of primed to think something like that but
0: exactly yeah i'm
1: glad it's not someone that we know you know uh, i glad it's i like... agree I,
0: I agree i just think that the way it's structured makes that sloppy mm,
1: yeah I, I agree it's well, all vince... just different ways that comics have broken our brains
0: <laughs> exactly know? yes well vince what comes
2: out next week next week being what week are we on <laughs>
0: uh this week is the 19th okay so the week after would be the 26th you got it buddy okay
2: well you understand we we don't always record these things in order No,
0: i I know i know
2: all right all right i got the books uh they're not going to be in alphabetical order uh much to my dismay (laughs) nightwing 106 batman superman world's finest 19 no, oh, no, wait. No, that's this week. I'm so sorry. You want me to do? I have it. I have it pulled up right No, I got Can it. I got it. Uh, Tech 1074. Action Comics 1057. Green Arrow 4, The Flash, number one, Harley Quinn 32, Batman, the Brave and the Bold 5, Unstoppable Doom Patrol 6, Batman, Catwoman, The Gotham War, Red Hood, Number 1, uh, Tales of the Titans, number 3, starring Donna Troy. Uh, the penguin number two, Spirit World Five, Power Girl number one, Batman Beyond Neo Gothic number three, and
0: Wildcats number eleven. You guys hear Wildcats is ending, by the way? Oh, oh damn. Man.
2: Yeah, pulling out.
0: I know. Are you saying that as Jerry Seinfeld's eating some popcorn? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, if you need to find uh two thirds of us, we are on various social medias. I am at Brian Eats and
1: And I am at the Wilcom
0: if you need to find Vince, he is complaining because he's out too late.
2: What does
0: that mean? But then, for your concert story, oh, you were for us. my cat, con- yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's all. Uh-huh. You're an old man now. Happens. I, the th- best th- I th-
2: thought we were gonna. I thought we were gonna do my new SNL character, woke Andrew Dice Clay. Uh, I, I
0: thought it was gonna be the stinger. So, get, <laughs> listeners, stick around for the for a stinger, which is uh, Vince's uh, new SNL character to go along with the suicidal foodie. <laughs> yeah. so stay tuned for that in 30 seconds talk to you next time goodbye
2: little miss muffet sat on her therapist's couch and discussed her generational trauma due to the patriarchy oh